0: And I'm now speaking with Joe Benton, who's a train operator here at BART. And, uh, Joe, I know you're really involved with the Fleet of the Future. But before we get into that, thanks for joining us on the podcast.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's good to be here.
0: There's so much excitement about the Fleet of the Future. And we talk about it a lot from the perspective of the riders because the trains look so great. And we get so much positive feedback from our customers. But this is a big adjustment for the train operators. And I just got to start out by asking you, Joe, how did you become one of the train operators who really was among that first group? to get trained up on how to operate the, all these new cars
1: funny enough I actually got trained pretty quickly uh, when the training actually started to happen I finished the first three phases in about six months I'd say so I was one of the first ones to finish the entirety of the program when I finished the training I definitely wanted to actually get onto the cars as fast as possible so when I actually got the opportunity I pretty much jumped at it I remember actually sitting at home And getting the phone call from my boss saying, hey, Joe, we'd really like to have you on the new fleet. And my first answer was, absolutely, when do I start?
0: And it is a pretty thorough process you go through because, let's face it, operating these new cars is nothing like the legacy
1: fleet. Very true. It's very, very different. Um, You want to kind of compare, if you think about cell phones these days, it's like an 80s cell phone compared to what we have today, like an Apple or an Android.
0: Talk about that difference. I mean, it must be a lot to take in. You, you have years of experience on these older cars. How big of a difference is it? And what, what does it practically mean for you as an
1: operator? Well, if you think about the difference between uh, both of the cars, the original cars are very mechanically based, lots of lights, lots of very simple indications with troubleshooting or things that are going wrong with the car or things that are just happening in general, compared with the new cars where everything is software-based. And we've got screens right in front of us that basically show us exactly what's going on with the entirety of the train, um, problems that are going on with each and every car. That's probably the biggest difference is hardware compared to completely software-based.
0: And there's always, I've found, on a very regular basis, when someone sees a fleet of the future train pull into their station, there's a wow factor with that. They weren't expecting that. It looks completely new, different, exciting. Is there that kind of wow factor for you as an operator?
1: I'd say Yes. For sure, it's always exciting to come to work now, just because it's something new, it's something brand new. It's uh, it's exciting. I mean, it's just so different now. Uh, it's like it's like a big new toy. So take us
0: inside. I mean, once you once you come in, you're getting set in the cab to go on your shift. What is that like? What does it look like in there compared to the older cars?
1: Well, the cab is definitely a lot bigger. There's a lot more room in there. Uh, we have a lot more uh, screens to play with. A lot more lot more procedure that we have to now follow through with so starting up we're making sure that our screens are working properly we're making sure that the communication system was working properly uh, ensuring that all of our screens are up ensuring our destination signs are working properly uh, making sure that the announcements are playing correctly um, and then checking every subsystem so there's there's a lot more involved now uh, the whole startup takes a little bit longer uh, it's like booting up a computer so, computer programs have to take, you know, they take their time to actually start up and go through their procedures. So, uh, that's, I would say that that's, that's what it's like sitting down when, like when you first come in and actually sit down in the car compared to the old cars where it's about five different steps and then you're done.
0: I'm speaking with Joe Benton, a train operator here at BART. He's been with BART for about 10 years. And we've heard a lot about the sophistication of the new cars. They have about 180 software packages, which just blows my mind. Uh, How does that come into play when it comes to operating
1: the new trains? A lot of the software stuff is background. So a lot of it we actually don't see, which is probably a good thing when it comes to transitioning from the old cars to the new cars. But the fact that we know that the software packages are there, we know that everything is being run in a very different capacity.
0: I think there's so many different features on this that even for the passengers, on their normal experience, they may not even be aware of especially from a safety perspective. Uh, When it comes to the intercom, if someone pushes
1: that button to talk to the train operator, that's a bit different than what happens with the older cars. Very much so. On the older cars, we just hear them. But with the new cars, we actually can see them when they're speaking to us, and we can actually see what's happening around them. So That gives us an advantage and also gives the passenger a new advantage too. They're a lot safer and we know exactly what's going on. So if something is going on that shouldn't be, we can actually report it properly.
0: I know one of the mechanical challenges with the older cars is if there's a problem, it can be kind of hard to identify specifically where that problem is. But it sounds like with the newer cars, they're so sophisticated, we could actually identify a problem pretty quickly and know pretty much where it is on the train.
1: Absolutely. The old cars, the indication is basically a light. Uh, compared with the new cars, where it actually shows you what car is having the problem and exactly what the problem is and exactly what the solution is. So having that difference and having all of that information right at our fingertips is extremely, extremely beneficial for the train operators, for the technicians that are on board trying to you know, actually find the problem compared to having to pretty much guess with the old fleet.
0: Talk a little bit more about upgrades and improvements. What are some of the changes, some of the features that the new cars have that you're most excited about?
1: One of the biggest things that passengers notice is the extra door. So the fact that we have three doors, it makes for better boarding. It uh, makes for better selection to figure out where you want to actually be in the car. And then uh, I would say the communication system as well. So we have all of the automated announcements now. They're loud and very, very clear. The interactive maps, which basically show you exactly where you're at. Um, So that's something that really helps, as well as a lot of other uh, ADA features that we have. Uh, One of the other ones that is actually really good feature is right in the center of the car is a zone specifically set for hearing impaired. So they can actually hear the announcements a lot better with their own aids, basically.
0: Yeah, that's the hearing loop, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is.
0: And uh, getting back to safety, is there a way all of the cars in our fleet, be they fleet of the future, be they legacy fleet, all have working surveillance cameras? As a train operator, is there any difference between the cameras
1: in terms of what you're able to access when you're on a fleet of the future train? Well, the only thing that we can actually see is when a passenger calls. So if a passenger calls with an intercom call and something's going on, the cameras activate that are closest to the passenger actually calling. There's are six cameras in each car compared to the four that are in the legacy fleet. So the fact that there's more, there's more security now, and we're actually able to see what's going on a lot better compared to before where we actually can't see what's happening. Is there a difference in the ride, the, just the quality of the ride between the new cars and the old cars? The cars are definitely a bit quieter. Um, it's definitely a smoother ride. Passengers have a very very good experience. And the train operators, we definitely have a much better experience now riding on the new cars.
0: When you're out there, I mean, you must enjoy the the smiles and the, the wows because I see them. I'm sure you do on a regular basis when you're in the new cars.
1: Oh, absolutely. About once or twice a day, we at least get one or two passengers that'll come up and compliment and say, thank you very much. Good job, you guys. This is a great improvement. Love these new cars. It's, it's a constant thing now.
0: Yeah, and we talked about your training earlier. I just have to imagine that's so challenging. You're so used to a, a specific set of steps that you take to get a car ready to go, to get your train ready to go. And there's, there seems to me, at least, th- this is a whole different process for you to learn after you have 10 years of muscle memory. It, has that been a, a challenge for you?
1: It was a challenge in the beginning. Um, I'd say that now with the new muscle memory, I'm kind of actually forgetting a little bit of the stuff with the old muscle memory now, but um, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. It's kind of it's kind of like riding a bike. If I were to go to the old cars, I would remember within probably ten minutes, but. Definitely the transition between the old cars and the new and the new procedures. It takes a little bit of time to get used to, but it's not super intimidating.
0: Is it almost easier for you? You mentioned you're kind of used to the new system. With all of that sophistication, it sounds complex. But once you really learn about these systems, does it almost make your job a little bit easier?
1: It actually does. Um, I am noticing personally as a train operator on the new cars is my muscle memory is actually getting a lot faster. With knowing exactly where things are at on the screens and what I'm supposed to push, what I'm not supposed to push... What activates what, what does what. So I'd have to say, I'd have to say things are actually improving with regards to my experience now, um, actually operating these new cars and knowing exactly what I'm doing. The new cars have the automatic train announcements too. How does that impact you? I don't have to make as many announcements anymore, which is actually kind of nice, but I do miss it it
0: really is a whole different experience in the sense that you're just used to a certain routine during the day. But in the new fleet, it almost changes up in in so many ways. And that's just one example.
1: Yeah, that's one of them. We still have to make our transfer announcements, which is it's nice. We still have the human factor involved, which is which is good. And the thing is, is sometimes the system may not work properly. So we have to intervene. We have to make the announcements. But I think it's something that's actually very beneficial for the passengers, just being the fact that It's clear people can actually hear them properly now, and eventually, as time goes on, they'll actually start talking more and saying more information to the passengers as we continue the upgrades.
0: One of the things we do on our podcast series, Hidden Tracks, is we kind of demystify Bart. We go behind the scenes. We look at how things really work. Give me an example, if you could, of something, a feature, or what have you, about the Fleet of the Future that our normal riders, even those that have been on the new train cars, don't really know about that you think is cool. A- it is something that's worth sharing.
1: What we experience as a train operator is, I'd have to say, our, our information screens now. That's something that's completely different. If if a passenger is riding in the front and you know they want to look inside, and if they're looking inside a legacy car, they're going to see just very, very simple controls. Compared to what we have on the new cars, everything is basically at our fingertips now. A- every piece of information that we need is right there, right in front of us on two large screens. That's probably the biggest difference for for us that a passenger may or may not know about particularly. So trouble that we're having with a car, 10 cars back, that a passenger may not know about uh, that's causing a delay or causing the train to stop or whatever, we have it right there. So actually this is having all of that information right in front of us mitigates delays and actually saves passengers time.
0: Well, that's interesting. Can you give us an example how that comes into play?
1: Sure. So if... I'm having an issue, for example, let's say a brake issue, which is a common thing that we have here at BART. If the train is having a brake issue, on the legacy fleet, we kind of have to guess based off of looking out of our window to see how far the trouble is back, what car it might be, and then we have to walk all the way back, still kind of playing the guessing game, figuring out which car is actually having the problem. Whereas on the new cars, I can just push a button and I can see all the information as to where the problem is what the problem is exactly and what the recommendation is to handle it. So it saves a lot of time. Wow, that, that is a big change.
0: I'm speaking with Joe Benton, a train operator here at BART. We've been speaking about your experience with the fleet of the future, the training, and all the different features that the new cars have. Let's segue a little bit, talk a little bit about the International Rail Rodeo. And just to set that up, you were part of the team that BART sent this year. You guys were in Denver this year, is that right?
1: That's correct. Yeah,
0: And it's a wonderful experience, train operators, mechanics, all, all on a team working together. And it draws the the best transit agencies from across North America really, because you get some from Canada as well, and, and they meet and they have different competitions, and it, it really is quite an experience that Bart always seems to do really well in. So tell me about that. How did you get interested in the rail rodeo, and what was your experience like?
1: Well, I actually had a friend of mine here who had suggested that I put in for the rodeo, and it was interesting because the, uh, the person who runs the rodeo here, uh, I ended up running into her twice in the same day. So to me, it was just a sign. Okay, I've got to actually do this. And, you know, I I like competitions. I wanted to be able to actually demonstrate the fact that I'm, I feel like I'm decent at my job. And the fact that I actually enjoy doing what I do. So I figured, hey, what the heck, might as well give it a shot.
0: And when you're in Denver, you're the challenge, as I understand for
1: for the train operators, you have to operate one of their vehicles and, and you haven't really seen their vehicles before. Exactly. We we don't get a lot of training when it comes to that. As soon as you get to Denver or as soon as you get to wherever the rodeo is actually being held um, internationally that year, you have maybe about two days of training and familiarization to actually get an idea of what their trains are like. We do get materials beforehand, but it's not, it's not the same thing compared to when you actually sit down in their vehicle and look at everything and just go, wow, uh, this is very different from what I do. <laughs>
0: I bet. And and there's so many facets to the competition. I remember, uh, for example, I spoke with the rail rodeo champions from last year, and they even had to go through a
1: dress inspection. Did you have that as well? I was the one who actually did it, yes. So (laughs) it was almost military-like. Everything had to be pressed properly. The tie had to be tied in a particular knot. The shirt had to be tucked in a particular way. Shoes had to be polished. The hemline had to be right. It was very, very, very specific.
0: Yeah. What's it like to go through a team experience like that? Because you guys are there for the weekend. It's really rigorous competition. It must be quite an experience to go through.
1: It was actually very rewarding when I look back on it. And when I was uh, speaking to my teammates about it, I told them, I said, this is probably the highlight of my career. Tell me about why. I just say being able to demonstrate a level of competence in this particular field and then being able to actually compete amongst other agencies and to see how well BART actually did this year we came in third place overall which was amazing and to see that you know what we do while we may be doing something very different um, with how we operate our trains the fact that we can take our knowledge and impart that and use that in a different agency and then to come in third is it's it's quite something.
0: Yeah, and I think it's impressive, and congratulations on the third-place finish, which is, again, with all the agencies that compete in this, is really an impressive result. I think it's impressive that we have this opportunity to show off the know-how of the folks who work here. And that's something that comes back here to the Bay Area, because we have really smart, well-trained people doing important work here, and it really pays off, and this is a way we can show it.
1: Absolutely. I I definitely agree. You know, it shows that what we do is, is very, very important. Um, I mean, we carry thousands upon thousands of passengers on one train every day throughout the entirety of the system. And to be able to actually show that we actually know what we're doing and, I mean, not just that, but, you know, the camaraderie that we have with all the other agencies as well. And to see that they're also doing the exact same thing, maybe not in the magnitude that we deal with, but the fact that they're all doing a very, very similar service, it's it's very rewarding to see we're all in this together.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's, there's that uh, camaraderie that comes with a with an event like that. Kind of tied into that, what's your favorite part about working here at BART?
1: Well, okay, so I've actually always wanted to be a train operator. I just didn't know where it was going to be. Ah. So I would actually have to say that the job I'm actually doing now is actually probably my favorite part of working here.
0: Wow. So tell me about that. How long have you
1: wanted to be a train operator, and uh, and what prompted that interest? So... I've always kind of had a fascination with transit, rail, bus. It didn't matter what it was. So that was at a very, very young age. I I had known. And I remember when I was very young looking up at BART, whenever I'd see it go by and telling myself, I'm going to drive one of those, one of those, you know, one of these days. Well, that's
0: definitely something. And now here you are. You've had all this experience. I mean, that's such a great thing to be able to, to live out a childhood dream like that.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people don't. Always had the opportunity to say that, so I feel lucky the fact that I'm actually pretty much living the dream.
0: Do you you just ride the the, uh, trains as just uh, when you're not working? Do you have a favorite BARTable destination, for example?
1: Well, if I do take BART, it's generally just a downtown, downtown San Francisco. I mean, everything, everything is so easily accessible in downtown San Francisco, especially using BART. It's super easy. Gotcha.
0: And I mean, again, you're moving forward with the fleet of the future. We're training more train operators all the time, and there really is so much excitement about it. Especially as we continue to get more of these train cars and have the opportunity to, down the road to, to have them on every line. I mean, there really is kind of a building excitement about this about this program.
1: Absolutely, and well, every program you know it takes some time to get new things implemented, and I think we're moving forward pretty well, actually, with the program. You know, there's constant upgrades that are happening to the new cars to make them even more safer, even more reliable. Yeah, and I think there's something to be said for that,
0: too, is that these are very complex systems, and there's always going to be things, there are always going to be things that need to be worked out with uh, complex systems like that, and we're going through that process now. You know, it makes much more sense to deal with the situation in the early stages.
1: Exactly. It's always better to work out the bugs and the kinks now, so that when we actually do start ramping up production for the new cars, we can roll them out a lot faster.
0: Joe Benton, train operator here at BART. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Hidden Tracks, Stories from BART. You can listen to our podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and, of course, at our website, BART.gov podcasts.